Welcome to the Copy Dates Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Taylor, copywriter, bookworm, and founder of the Copy Template Shop. I believe that anyone can write strong copy, and I'm here to teach you how to write words that sell your online offers while prioritizing real connection, serving your audience, and simply being who you are. I know you have a message that deserves to be heard and unique skills that need to be shared. And in each episode, I'll give you an actionable tip so that you can write better copy, reach more people, and sell your offers in an easy and authentic way. So grab a hot drink and get ready to cozy up with your weekly dose of magnetic messaging and captivating copy. Hello, and welcome back to the Coffee Dates podcast. I'm so excited that you're here tuning into this episode because we get to talk about one of my favorite topics today. It's a topic that not just influences your copywriting and your content strategy, but something I believe that has such a tremendous impact across everything that you do in your business, and that is storytelling. And I am joined today by the lovely Erin Trafford. Erin is a digital story strategist who specializes in helping entrepreneurs and small businesses find and tell their stories in a way that both feels good and grows their bottom line, which is what we are all about, both of those things. I have been following Erin and her journey for, gosh, what feels like years now, and her story is so amazing. She is an award-winning journalist, a blog a consultant, and a strategist. She owns Erin Trafford Incorporated, which has two separate arms, her coaching and consulting company, and also the Story Studio Network, which is Canada's first audio on-demand talk show network. She has worked with dozens of brands across North America, including Giant Tiger, Home Hardware, and Staples Canada to help them create and develop content and influencer marketing campaigns. But these days, she's fueling her joy and passion by working with new emerging and seasoned digital entrepreneurs to help them unleash their stories and the power of them in their content. Honestly, if you have ever had an interest in storytelling, If you really care about connecting deeply, deeply with your audience and you're just like never sure where to start or the mindset hacks that you need to kind of start engaging in those stories, unleashing them and bringing them into your content and your marketing, you are going to absolutely love today's episode. I know that I loved recording it for you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, everybody. I am here today with Erin Trafford. Hi, Erin. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that you're here. I feel like I've wanted to connect with you for like, it's felt like years, but everything feels like years in the online business space, I feel. Right. Online business space and in a pandemic, everything feels like like years, decades. Decades. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like we've been in each other's vortex for um, a considerable amount of time. Like I've yeah. been admiring the growth and trajectory in your business. So I'm, I'm really happy to connect today. Oh, thanks so much. And same to you. Like I have loved seeing you pivot, especially over the last few years. So for mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know you, can you give them a little bit of context on what that pivoting has looked like and what your background has been? Yeah. It's funny pivot because for me, it's almost been, uh, like a return, right? Nice. It's, a, it's been a return to the beginning. So 
Um, I call myself a story strategist, but really what that means to my clients is that I help them align with their core values, how they want to show up. And then we build both content and business plans on top of that. But when we say that it's a return, um, it's been, you know, I used to call myself a content strategist and I was very focused on, you know, the hows and the what's and the tools and the resources and all of those things. And I did that for a, a good couple of years. And as I was doing it, realized that the one challenge that kept my clients from having true success was the fact that they were afraid to really touch their story and that the clients who would go there were the ones who would see massive leaps and massive transformation, massive clarity, massive confidence when they went to create content. Right. That the act of touching your story um, and committing to it, because I talk about it as a practice and we can get into that a little later, but is really what makes the content flow. Right. And for me, it was a return because um, I turned 39 this year and it marks... I've been working in newsrooms in Canada since I was 16 years old. I can't do that math, but that's more than half my life. (laughs) So I have been a a storyteller, Mm -hmm. uh, quite literally, radio, television, print, magazines, documentaries, all through my professional and corporate career. And, you know, it took me about five years of being an entrepreneur to realize that that was my secret sauce and I needed to kind of give that back to the world. So that's why I call myself a story strategist now. I love that so much. And this is something that I like wanted to dig into later in the interview, but I feel like I want to talk about it now because it feels like the perfect segue. I I want to talk a bit about how the fact, like in the online business world, traditionally, everything has been all about your audience, all about the customers, all about your clients. And I I've seen this in like even my own work that like encouraging business owners to bring their story into things and, and talk about themselves and center that in their content and in their copy is something that they struggle with a lot because they have been bombarded with that messaging for so long that it's, you know, it's all about the customer and customer first. So in your experience, how do we kind of, how do we make that shift as business owners? Oh yeah, that's a big question. So I think you're, you're right on both fronts that it is still always audience first, Mm -hmm. but that that's why it's a muscle. There's a practice there that I think most online business owners, it's not that they have refused to do it. It's just that it's never really occurred to them to think this way. That when you truly are being audience first and audience is interchangeable with customer or client, when you're truly being that way, it actually means you're being your truest self because it means you're not putting up barriers where there don't need to be barriers. It means that you are feeling safe and free and open. And when you show up that way, the, this beautiful thing happens. Let me back up. Can I tell you a story? Speaking Please of stories. do. Okay. <laughs> so this is where this all comes from. And I, I love this story because most Canadians will resonate with this. <laughs> When I was a really young, I was a young journalist. I had just graduated with my master's degree and I had gotten my first job and I was, um, I was doing morning radio. I was running the radio station. I was also the assistant news director for, uh, I think at the time there was eight radio stations in the cluster. And I was, you know, I was very young. I was like 25 or 26 years old and I was committed there's that word again, I was committed to showing up every day and learning and learning and learning from the greats. So whenever I had an opportunity to be in a room with somebody better than I 
was or who I admired, I would just put myself next to them and try to just absorb their brilliance. Love that. I bought myself a ticket to this fancy conference for radio news, television directors. And I remember I had to put it on, like I had to ask my mom for extra money and put it on my visa in the hotel. Like I didn't have the money to go, but I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a silent auction and you could bid on a whole bunch of things like golf vacations and blah, blah, blah. And it all went to some foundation. Anyway, one of the things that I bid on was lunch with Lloyd Robertson. And for those who don't know, Lloyd Robertson, Robertson is like news legend Mm -hmm. in Canada. He was the CTV news anchor for, I don't know, like 45 years. He was the voice of Canadian stories. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to go for lunch with Lloyd. So sure enough, I bid, I got the lunch. I went to the lunch and, you know, here I was in my best little blazer and my, you know, (laughs) I felt so fancy going for lunch with Lloyd and he was the most gracious human. He was just delightful and so kind. And he gave me the gift of his time. And I asked him probably some really dumb questions, but one of the things I asked him was, how do you um, show up every night and garner trust and keep the viewers coming back? Because as online business owners, really that's what we want to do is we want to use our copy, mm-hmm. our content, our sales pages to forge a connection that keeps them coming back. And when I say keeps them coming back, it's either they subscribe to your blog they follow you on Instagram, they turn on the notifications, they interact with you, they form a connection with you that means something. So I asked him that. And he said, Aaron, you know what? Every night when I step out there onto the set and I sit down to read from the teleprompter, I make sure that I am being the best version of myself. And that stuck with me. Right. As it would. Right. That's what it means to be audience first, because it doesn't mean leave yourself at the door and only do everybody else's bidding. Mm -hmm. It means come exactly as you are, as the best you can be. And when you do that, you become a magnetic connector for the people who want to be close to you. So, So when we look at telling stories and creating content, I often, usually my clients will come to me after having tried templates, prompts, following the quote unquote rules. And they'll say, it still feels like dirt. Right. And I'll say, it's because you need to bring more of you to the table. You need to, you need to be audience first. Yeah, I know. I absolutely love that. And I feel like, is it something like, how long does it take for people to make that shift because it's kind of an uncomfortable thing, right? Oh, it's completely uncomfortable. Like I, (laughs) I'll be like, hi, I'm Erin Trafford. I specialize in making people feel uncomfortable, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like I, it is totally an uncomfortable thing. Um, And that's why I say it's a practice. I liken it to yoga, right? Like I'm on a mission to be able to touch my toes by the time I'm 40. And every time I go to do forward fold, I'm like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) So it's the same idea, but um, there's a couple things that you can do to get over that discomfort. It's first of all, convince yourself that you're safe. And I think for women, um, there's a lot of challenge and a lot of mind muck that we need to get through before sure. we can convince ourselves that we're safe. So really unpacking our fears about being judged, unpacking our fears about being seen. Um, and there's some kind of beautiful unlocking that happens when you kind of 
you put a little bit of the machine into it. So right now I'm a quarter of the way through a daily blogging practice. Every mm-hmm. workday for 90 days, I'm blogging and I'm doing it for my own sake because mm-hmm. I want to exercise my muscle. And some days it feels hard and some days it feels easy. But when I kind of sit down at my desk, you know, in the morning and I say, I'm safe. Anyone who judges me is not going to be my people. You know, nothing bad is going to happen from me putting my thoughts into the world. It's not heart surgery. I'm not Mm going to kill someone. Mm -hmm. Right. I push past that mind demon and I let my story flow. And I got to tell you, girl, the comments and DMS that I've gotten. Right. So I can't even remember what question you asked, but it was like, how do we get over that fear of um, kind of showing up? Part of it is like that whole leap and the net will appear thing. Love that. And it's that whole like progress over perfection mentality and noticing that, you know, like you're going to get better at it with time. Cause I feel like that's such a big hang up for people. And like, I, I say people, me included, where I will sit down and be like, okay, but like, what about my story is even worth sharing? How do I tap into that? And how, how am I going to make sure I don't bore people? How am I going to make sure I don't offend people? Yeah. And it's a tricky thing to do, but I love that you say that it's a practice because I think that's true for like literally everything in business. And so by that extension, storytelling is just like another one of these skills that you just need to be uncomfortable with and get better at over time. And and you said something there too, that I like to um, tease out is a lot of my clients will say, well, what do I even have that's worth talking yeah. about? What What do I even have? And you said, what if I bore people? Cause that's usually, you know, here, here's what I like to deal with in my business. And I deal with it at every level, whether it's in, you know, my subscription program, my group programs, my one-on-ones, or when I executive produce, um, you know, some of my clients and their, and their podcasts, we're always looking for the next question you have and addressing that. So if the first question is, I don't feel like I have anything to say, I'm like, but what's the next question? It's, oh, cause I feel like whatever I do say is going to bore you. Right. Okay. Right. So let's deal with that. And I have a sticky note. You can't see it. It's right beside my light switch. And I've had it there for, since I painted the walls <laughs> and it says, tell the truth and never be boring. That's the mantra I live by. That is the storyteller's mantra is that if you are telling the truth, mm-hmm. you will never be boring. That's so fascinating. And it's such like a a groundbreaking concept. You know, like I'm sitting here Mm -hmm. and I'm still, I'm like, my brain is trying to massage that thought. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. I mean, you you can go right back to like, what's in Khalil Gibran's The Prophet? What's in the Bible? What's in, you know, um, Think and Be, Think and Grow Rich or whatever Mm -hmm. those kind of those tome like books are. They're well, the Bible's very long, bad example, but like <laughs> the writing is short. The phrases are short. It's because they tell the truth and none of those books is boring. Those are the kinds of books you can read over and over and over again. And every time you do, you get something new out of it. Sure. So we all have an ability to access that level of truth, excitement, creativity. It's a matter of, like I said, going back, feeling safe, accessing it having the tools to unclog the mind muck and committing to doing the digging. Mm -hmm. 
And that's like, <laughs> there's such like a psychological element to that too, right? Because if yeah. you go to therapy, it's the same thing. It's, it's digging deep into the thoughts. And there's this whole movement that I love in business too, where it's like always uncovering the why behind the things that you're doing and always digging. There's this exercise seven layers deep. And it's like when you're, you know, when you're coming up with why you're going to create a new offer, why you're going to do anything in your business, you dig seven layers deep. And it's literally like being like a two-year-old and just asking mm-hmm. yourself why, why, why over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, but you're right. And I love also how you say like, it's so simple. And sometimes the most powerful stories are that simple. And it's like these little tiny tidbits. And that's what we bring with us because I think there's also a hesitation. We think when we're being storytellers that we have to bring all of these flourishes and we have to like tell a whole novel as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably appreciate this as a, as a copywriter is, um, I'll always say, think about William Faulkner as I lay dying, right? Pulitzer Prize winning author. His gift was what he didn't say. Right. Right. We edit, we edit our stories for two reasons. We edit for clarity and length, but also to highlight the words on the page. When you find you're being too verbose, Look for what's, it's also, you know, Coco Chanel, it, she said, put, get dressed for the day, put on all your accessories. And before you walk out the door, take something off. Right. It's the same thing with your stories. So it's, it's funny. Cause this morning I'm working through all of the content for our membership. And I sat down today and, uh, I think I'm writing into month six now. And one of the prompts I, I put was to talk about your biggest regrets in life. And I put it deliberately in the middle of the program because it's heavy. And mm-hmm. I wrote, okay, this one's going to take you a bit, give yourself some breath. And I always add a little bit of an extra challenge every month. And I said, the challenge with this prompt is to say it in 300 characters wow. or less. Ooh. Try to do it in 300 characters or less. So like the length of a tweet, right? Why do we do that? That's more of a muscle. That's more of a, I'm going to get really clear. I'm going to be really confident. I'm going to put it out in as few words as possible. And for me, that's a fun challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like challenge accepted. Um, but, but that is people fear that storytelling means having to write a novel. Right. And I'll tell you something else I saw the other day. I think it was, it was, must've been this weekend because it rained cats and dogs and I was stuck in the house with the kids. So I was scrolling quite a bit during nap times. And, um, David Lynch, who is a famous film director, Twin Peaks, and he did some other, a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Um, I saw this after the fact. He said, if you want to write a feature film, this is what you do. You write seven, he said, 77 scenes. You just write 77 separate scenes and you throw them up on the wall and take seven away and you have a movie. That, that's his process, which when you, if you've seen Twin Peaks, you kind of understand how that all happened. But like, that's what he said. And I laughed and I thought, okay, because I inherent naturally, instinctively, my freebie is 77 story prompts. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if you want to write a movie, download my freebie, write all the prompts and you've got a movie. But then you said seven layers. I'm like, there's something to the seven. Maybe there's like some divine storytelling truth to sevens. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Oh man. And okay. So things like this, things about telling stories, like your biggest regrets in life, how do you make the connection between that 
and business? Because I know that you especially like working with entrepreneurs and business owners. How is A, how does flexing that muscle help us as business owners? But then B, how do we turn that into content that helps our business and helps us achieve our goals? Yeah. So I think that there are two things that happen when you, I call it touch your story, right? When you start to touch that story with commitment and um, doing it over and over again, you do it for two reasons. Number one, you do it because it's an act of personal growth and gratitude. You do it because you owe it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And anytime as business owners, we do something for ourselves and for our own development, our businesses will absolutely feel the impact. Mm -hmm. Something will shift, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of the foundational reason, but when you're really looking to tie it to your business, here's, here's what I think happens. There are some stories, not every story, but there are some that will create a mirror for your people. And we look in metaphorical mirrors for a multitude of reasons. A, because human beings don't like to feel isolated. Mm -hmm. B, because when we're looking for validation that we're not isolated, you know, we're looking to know someone. So we get into that kind of marketing concept of the know, the like, the trust. Mm -hmm. So stories do that. But also on a much more neurological foundational level, what stories are designed to do and the reason that they have been the most effective form of communication since kingdom come is that they create emotional experiences in our, in our brains. Mm -hmm. There's actually like a neurological thing that happens when you experience a story. And I say experience on purpose because it can be audio, video, written, whatever. When you experience another person's story, you form a thought about it and the thought instantly becomes an emotion. That emotion is what drives the sale. So when we talk about, you know, like I kind of got on a high horse a couple months ago about like the bro marketing being like, you have to <laughs> yes. be constantly needling somebody's pain in order to sell something. Right. And I'm thinking to myself how narrow-minded that is because pain is a fact of human life. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong to tell stories that create pain or remind us of our capacity for pain, mm -hmm. but it's only one emotion on the spectrum. Sure. So when we tell stories and we show up in stories that create emotions across the spectrum, think about how many more opportunities we have to connect. Sure. And when you connect, you can invite. When you can invite, you can make a sale. I, oh my God, I love that so much. Cause I always say that that sales copy, we forget that sales copy at the end of the day is an invitation. So I love that you just said invite because it's true. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether you are, you know, creating that value add content that you're putting out there to form that connection between you and your audience, you know, you're showing up and you're being vulnerable and you're trying to establish that foundation. Or if you are asking for this sale, there are always emotions at play, always, always, always. And at the end of the day, it is an invitation. It is an invitation to either work with you or follow you or whatever it may be. And when you flip your mindset and you actually think about sales and you think about running a business in that way, like, doesn't it feel so much better? Well, and, and I think for women, especially, mm -hmm. yes, it feels better because it comes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about, um, 
having the permission to be your full self, because then what's actually creating the sale is you being totally cool with your own emotional state. Right. Because telling those stories is what creates the mirrored emotional state in your client. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a simple concept, but it takes commitment. And I, the, the clients I have worked with who, you know, put up a barrier around this and they just want the tools and tricks. It's like, okay, you can do that. You're going to burn out. Mm -hmm. You're going to get tired. Mm -hmm. You need to feel into this at this deeper level. And you know what I think is that COVID accelerated this. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. It accelerated our need to learn or unlearn, um, how to really put ourselves into what we're doing. Okay, friends, as you know, we are dedicating the month of August on the Copy Dates podcast to all things email marketing. And to help you take your email marketing to the next level and implement all the things we're talking about today with so much more ease, I'm offering a 20% discount on all email marketing related templates in the copy template shop this month, exclusively for podcast listeners. Simply use the code August 2021 at checkout and 20% off will automatically be applied to any purchase of the opt-in landing page template, the welcome sequence template, the elevated email list bundle, or the brand new webinar bundle in the shop. This coupon is valid until the end of August, 2021. So if building your email list is a priority for you as we quickly approach the tail end of the year, don't snooze on this special offer. I full heartedly believe that because I know for me personally and for pretty much every person that I've talked to, COVID has been this period of reflection. And I liked how you just made that connection as well between like personal growth and business growth, because it's absolutely true. And as you unlearn things about the society that we operate in, as you unlearn stories you've told yourself as you, and and then like reframe these things in your mind, like, of course, it's going to impact the way that you show up, but it can be easy to put up barriers when you're in the thick of it, especially, right? Because we are so scared of showing up imperfectly. But when you remember that everybody's doing it and it's like, it's, it's a cross cultural like phenomenon <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it does foster that connection because when you show up and you are vulnerable, it allows other people to do the same and respond to it. And I think it's, we, we do have to acknowledge that. Well, I, I frequently acknowledge this, that like not everybody functions the way I do. When I think back to how developed my muscle is, mm -hmm. I, I frequently need to remind my clients not to compare themselves to me. Right. You know, when I was, when I was on the news desk, I was doing 16 newscasts a day. So I was writing and I was writing them and reading them. So that would give me roughly if I needed to go to the bathroom or eat lunch, right? I had about 19 minutes between newscasts and I had to completely rewrite them. And I just did it over and over again, like a hamster on a wheel, 16 times a day for seven years. Wow. So I got very, 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 very good at writing and showing up and being imperfect because when you only have 19 minutes, you don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. Some of them are going to 
be duds. Some of them are going to be brilliant. And some of them, most of them are going to be right in the middle and that's okay. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like not everybody is wired for this. And sure. there are some ways that you can work with, with how you are wired to make the process easier. Okay. So perfectionists, I mean, I've seen people sit there and like, they'll write a status delete. They'll write the status delete. They'll write the status delete. And then like two hours goes by, they haven't posted anything. Mm -hmm. So the way to get around that I find is to put yourself on a timer, force yourself, sit down and write something and publish come hell or high water. Right. Um, That's what I do with my daily blog practice. I write it between 6am and 7am. And if I go past seven, we're hitting publish. That, okay. How does that feel? Are you a perfectionist? Is, was that something no, you had I to am, overcome? I am not a perfectionist okay. at all. Um, I am a, I am a systems breaking quick start. So I will put things into the world completely imperfect and okay. deal with the consequences later. But for people who are perfectionists, it's put yourself on a timer. And then what I would do is go back and look at that story or the post or whatever it is that you put into the world and say, What's good about this? Because part of overcoming the perfectionism is, um, perfectionism put another way is just focusing on the flaw. So instead, ask yourself to focus on what you did right. And the more you focus on that, the easier it's going to get to show up. Love that. So there's some little like mindset hacks that you you can use if you are really, 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 really blocked. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. what are the other person? I'm so, cause like, I feel like I'm fitting in this perfectionist box, but I want to hear the other personality tropes and I want to like cherry pick. Well, the perfectionism is. is a big thing. Um, the other thing, and I hate to say this, but I, I went on this, I, as much as I say, I'm a systems breaking quick start. I'm also a very big fact finder. That's why I was a good reporter mm-hmm. is that I'll go out in the world and I will spend money just to do research or prove a point. So right. for there was a while there during COVID when I bought every single, and I'm talking about every single, I probably spent a thousand dollars, every single mini $27 content writing product that was served to me in my feed. Guilty. I bought all of them. Mm-hmm. I bought all of them. Some of them were good. Like I'm, you know, I'm not, there's brilliant people out there, brilliant mm-hmm. women doing great things. Some of them were great. And a lot of them gave me inspiration for how I want to create my products and what I do differently. That's a different story. But what I noticed is that (laughs) the ones that talk about story were the ones I was most interested in seeing. Okay, what are they doing that's different from me? Mm -hmm. Um, 99% of the prompts or content that they were serving was for Instagram. Interesting. It was like, it's like we have blinders on right. as women that Instagram is the only place to show up. Right. And that paralyzes people because Instagram is visual. Mm-hmm. Instagram needs pictures. Instagram has this stupid algorithm that, you know, screws everything up. Instagram is designed to make us feel like garbage. Sure. Yeah. So for a lot of people who already feel like garbage or who are all are already feeling uncomfortable, suggesting even subconsciously that the only place to tell your story that is Instagram is a huge misstep. Right. So take permission. I had a client in one of my group programs a couple months ago and she admitted in the group, she's like, I don't want to be on Instagram. 
but I feel like I need to be there. And it's such like a taboo thing to say, right? Like you think everybody's going to come out of the woodwork and like eat you alive. (laughs) Of course you have to be on Instagram. Everybody came out of the woodwork and said, yeah, me too. Love it. Yeah, me too. So we worked on a plan to how to articulate her stories in a way that Instagram ain't no thing. Instagram is the secondary thing. It's not the primary focus. So if you're finding yourself feeling cagey about sharing your story, ask yourself the question, is it because I feel like it needs to be on Instagram? Wow. Maybe you need to have a blog. Maybe you need to have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to break the mold a little bit to let the story out. Sure. I love that because that, that was the biggest driver for me in starting my podcast. I was saying, yeah, I was trying to blog, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm a writer. I'm a copywriter. Mm -hmm. People are going to expect me to have a blog. I need to be blogging. And every time that I would sit down and force myself to do it, I realized that the stories were flowing so much easier if I was speaking them out loud, if I had a mic. And so I was literally using, you know, like the fancy uh, talk to text feature that's in Google. And I would sit down and talk into my microphone and that's how I would tell the story. And then that would be my blog. And I had so much resistance to telling people that, that's not what I wanted to do and that it didn't, it, you know, and that it didn't work. Even writing an Instagram caption, writing Instagram captions are the bane of my existence. Mm-hmm. And admitting that as a copywriter feels so weird, but I think everybody has that. Everybody has a particular hang up. And once you start leaning into what works for you, you do, you find your people. Yeah. And then, you know, what's brilliant about it is that you have found the tools and the tricks to make it work for you to be in the world in a way that's strategic. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's this other layer. There's, you know, there's really digging into the story, finding out what's your, what your truth is committing to showing up. And then we got to layer some strategy on there because you are on Instagram. You figured out how to make it work for you. Right. right? And I do the same thing. Like a lot of my Instagram captions, I use uh, just hit record. It's an app, same thing. Yeah. And I, will dictate them like in the bathtub because that's where I think the best, right? I use a bunch of apps. Um, I use Descript for all of our podcasts, you know, executive production, creating show notes and it pulls transcripts and edits video. And like, there are ways of that base storytelling to be your most comfortable, powerful, authentic self. And then let's just use the tools of the trade to put it in other places. Right. But if you are feeling restricted and scared, really, it could be that you're feeling, you're asking yourself the wrong question. You're asking, how do I do this on Instagram? When really it should be, where do I feel best doing this? Amazing. Amazing. And like we that is so true for everything in business, right? Like we see all of these best practices. We see everybody saying, this is the way it needs to be done. And we try and fit in that box first. And then I feel like it must hinder your creativity, must hinder your ability to tap into those stories and identify them because you're thinking so much about the output. Yeah. I mean, and and I will be the first to admit that I fell into that pit for about six months after I had Um, my second daughter, um, she's about to turn one. So last summer I was a new mom again at an infinite home. I was spending a lot of time on Instagram. I was feeling really called to Instagram. I, I felt like I needed to quote unquote, sell my business more on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but my audience there is 
not necessarily the audience who needs all of what I do. Sure. And I had been, um, you know, so I hit a wall, I hit a bit of a wall and I was like, why is this not resonating? They just want to see pictures of my kids. <laughs> they don't actually want to hear about my business right now. So I had to get really real with myself. How, how is my story not feeling good or heard or resonating on Instagram? And I very quickly realized it's because most of what I, well, about 50% of what I do is better for a LinkedIn audience. Interesting. So I shifted 50% of my time I now spend on LinkedIn, 50% of my time I spend on Instagram to totally different versions of Aaron. Right. Both equally true creates two completely separate customer bases for me. Fast. And so do you tell the same stories on both platforms? I do. Amazing. I do. And I rearticulate them. So I, I work on, um, I I do this thing that I work with my clients on called flipping the script, which often when you have written a story and you flip the script, you'll see how you can target a different listener or audience with the exact same story with very, very, very little effort. And is it because like, what do you find is usually the differentiating factor? Is it different emotions that are being called? Okay. Yes. It's because they're, they are on a different emotional spectrum. So when I show up on Instagram, I am usually, frankly, Instagram is a painful place to be (laughs) these days, right? So Instagram invites commiserating. It invites the extremes. Either you are commiserating or you are celebrating. Sure. Yeah. There's very little space for the messy middle on Instagram, at least in general. And that's okay. You can play to those extremes and feel good about it and have great experience and great success. But I find LinkedIn really likes that very considered messy middle where I can ask a question that um, leads into a story that leads into more engagement that allows the audience to decide, do they want to commiserate or celebrate? It's a much, it's just a different need. Right. And a different way of engaging people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you got me wanting to go on LinkedIn now. <laughs> like, yeah, so go connect with me. I, I, I show it. up there every day. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Yeah. And okay, so this month on the podcast, we're talking a lot about email marketing and email copy. Where do we feel, I to me personally, I always say like the emails that people actually want to read always need to have some sort of storytelling element in there. Can we speak to like email marketing a little bit? Like what's your experience there? I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I write my emails like I want the phrase I wanted to say was like in the raw. Like I don't usually have them like planned out and scheduled. Same. I mean, to a certain extent I do because I have a couple of like funnels running, but I keep them very, very real. Mm-hmm. And I will write about exactly what I am feeling in that moment about my business, about my content, about my story. And usually those are the ones that bring the biggest ahas. Um, the most responses, the best open rates. And I mean, I use the PS just like, you know, any copywriter would say to highlight what programs I have or extra blog posts and that kind of thing. But um, I think what I, I don't overthink it. I use Mm -hmm. this exact same approach to my newsletter as I do to everything else. What do I need them to feel right now? And so is that where you start? Do you typically start with the emotion? Always, always. I'll sit, I'll, I, and I do, it's a practice. I'll sit in this chair and I'll think, okay, what am I feeling in my body right now? 
maybe it's a Thursday and I'm really excited about the weekend. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling excited. What's an exciting thing? How do I pull that thread? What, what exciting thing happened in my business this week? What exciting win happened for one of my clients? Um, what's an exciting trend I'm seeing develop in podcasting? Mm-hmm. I'll open my, my newsletter with that. I'll be like, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm freaking excited because I'm seeing more and more women collaborating on podcasts just like this one. And why is that important? It's important because when we share our stories, you know, our stories get bigger. And I'll say, you know, something like, because scientific fact, a story is the only thing on earth that you can both give away and keep for yourself at the same time that appreciates in value. So like, maybe I'll write this after this. I have to write a newsletter today. Maybe that'll be it. Right. (laughs) Well, that was beautiful. So so I hope you do, (laughs) but that's how I do it. I just, I'm like, what am I feeling? I want them to feel that let's bring them in and hook them in. And then you tie it into the objective you have for that newsletter. Maybe it's just, you want to say, hi, stay top of mind. That's fine. Maybe you want them to buy something, opt in, watch a video, whatever, but you get them into that vibration by first you tapping it. I love, and I love that you say that you start there, that you start with, okay, what emotion am I experiencing? Because I did that this morning. I sat down, I did not sleep last night at all. Woke up at like 5am, sat down, knew I had to send out like my podcast recap from last month out to my list. And I was not feeling it. Like I was, I just came back from holiday, but I'm exhausted. I like that burnout feeling is very much still there. And part of me was like, I need to force the feel good, feely, you know what I mean? All of those mm-hmm. feelings. If I want people to come and like, listen to this podcast and it's like, that's such bull crap. So I ended up starting the email being completely transparent about that. Right. It's like, here's how I'm feeling. Um, feeling like I need more rest in this season. And maybe you feel the same way. And when you do start from that place, when you start getting comfortable with that, cause it took me a very long time to show that more vulnerable side of me as a person, not just a business owner. And mm-hmm. when you do it, you're absolutely right. That's when you get responses. That's when you build connection. Cause when you read those emails, you remember them. You don't remember the emails that were just like, Hey, I dropped this new $37 offer. Come look at it. But if it opened with vulnerability, with emotion, with stories, that's what connects with people. Completely. And they can feel that you have sat down and written it yeah. for that day and you have written totally. it for them. Yeah. With them in mind, right? It comes right back to the beginning. Audience first. When you show up in your emotions, when you touch it and you're not afraid of it, you're serving at such a high vibrational level. Like that's that's how I became an award-winning journalist. That's literally how I did it. I love that so, so much. So what are your biggest tips for somebody who's really struggling to get into this? They know they want to use storytelling in their business. They understand how beneficial it can be, but they're really struggling to get started. How would you recommend they get started? Well, can I talk about stories for a year? Um, can I talk yes, about that? Please okay. Do. Um, yes. Um, yes. Okay. So <laughs> head to erintrafford.com slash stories for a year. Um, I think it's stories dash four dash a year. Um, there's dashes in there, but it is the new subscription program. And I, I honestly feel like the value is insane based on how much research I did before we created the program. Um, it gives you monthly content plans written by me. So from my perspective, they are stories. They are emotion. They're meant to create this emotional response. Um, And then with each one, we explain not only what the prompt is, but why and how 
to use it. So you're going to get, you know, blog posts, podcasts, video plans, also social media plans. Like here's how you do it. And then what I did learn is that when I gave my clients, I tested this on a few clients before we put it into a subscription form, but when we gave them a monthly plan, they'd work for like 10 days and then kind of lose momentum. So with stories for a year, you also have the option of getting them weekly. So if you like to have your feet held to the fire and commit, we will give you the weekly plans so that you have something to work on every single week and you don't lose momentum. I love that. And so how does that work? Do you sit down? Do you recommend that they sit down for like half an hour a week, an hour a week and like, yeah, we say 90 minutes a week and you can do it in, you know, a chunk or 30 minutes a day or whatever. Um, so we kind of let you decide how you want to do it mm-hmm. or, or you can do a day a month if that's how you roll. Um, but it's designed to be respond, create, post. Cool. And it's, so each plan is about 12 pages long. You get that every single month. And then of course, because it's me, I'm like, well, you need strategy on top of that. So <laughs> there's a whole bunch of bonus workshops that you unlock as you go that relate back to all the stuff you've created. So once you become like, you know, you've worked the muscle, you're confident, you've got all of this blog post content, you know, two months worth of or podcast or video, whatever you choose to do, then you unlock a whole workshop that's like, okay, you got all this bank of content. Here's how to give it rocket fuel with strategy. Oh, that's so cool. I love that you've turned this into a subscription model. I feel like that's not something I've seen before. And you're right. Like if you're going to make it a practice and if you're going to learn and develop that skill, it needs to be something you commit the time to. Yeah. And it's like less than 10 bucks a week. So, I mean, when you think about what you would be paying somebody to create the content for you, Mm -hmm. it's permission to take ownership over your own story and really, really practice it in a safe way. Love it. And I love, I love that because I'm also all about like teaching people to do these things themselves, because Mm -hmm. when you learn these skills, God, it benefits you across the board, just literally everywhere. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. I'm going to ask you in a sec all about like how people can connect with you. But first a question that I love to ask on this podcast is what is a story that you have recently read and loved? What is a story Oh, Janie, who's my marketing director, told me you were going to ask me this. And I think I answered it, but I didn't answer it as truthfully as I could have. So here's the truth. I just finished reading Sue Monk Kids, The Book of Longings. Have you read that book? I have not. I don't even think I've heard of it. Okay. Well, get yourself to a bookstore or Amazon or whatever and do yourself a favor and read this book. Okay. It is... It's what I, I call it. It's a stick to your ribs kind of story. Ooh. And I, I, I openly wept when I read it. I won't give it away, but the plot, the, the main character of the book is um, the woman who was the wife of Jesus Christ. So it's, wow. it's clearly, it's fictional. It's completely fictional, but the story is powerful. And the reason I like it is a, the writing is remarkable and it's so well done, but because I play a a game with my clients called, um, but what if that wasn't true? So sometimes we'll say like, tell a story that happened to you in life. And part of the way that we get really comfortable with our stories and really comfortable with our PowerPoints in our lives, power slash points, not like a presentation, (laughs) not like Microsoft, is, is by practicing what we call the counterfactual. So we practice the art of 
identifying key moments in your life and then rewriting them to be totally different, completely opposite and trying those stories on. What can we learn if we experience this from the other side? And when I read Sue Monk Kid's book, it was just that on fire. Wow. What if what we have believed was not even remotely what happened? How can that unlock our emotions? How can that make us experience something new? What a so that's cool why I like it. learning experience too. Like, again, like this just goes to show that when you foster these things and you practice these things, it goes so beyond your business. Like that is such an impactful mm-hmm. thing on you as an individual, as a person too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cool. Amazing. So if everybody loved this episode, which I'm sure they did, how can they connect with you beyond their headphones? Well, they can find me on Instagram, momming it up most of the time. I'm at it's.aaron Trafford. Um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn though, Aaron Trafford over there. And then everything we've talked about is on my website. So aarontrafford.com, all the blog posts, there's tons of resources, lots of weighted ways to jump in, download 77 story prompts and write a David Lynch movie. Amazing. I'm going to drop all of those (laughs) links in the show notes as well. And I feel like I need to follow you on LinkedIn. Now we need to connect on LinkedIn for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Copy Dates podcast. I hope that this episode has helped you feel more confident in your ability to write copy and that you're feeling excited about sharing your message and offers with the world. If you love what you learned, be sure to hit that follow button so you never miss a future episode and leave us a review so we can reach more online entrepreneurs who want to develop authentic connection with their audience through powerful copy. As always, don't forget to show me where you're tuning in from. Snap a pic, share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at megantaylor.co. I'd love to connect with you beyond your headphones. See you back here next week. And remember, I'm rooting for you always.